Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I'm learning and beginning to have a strong letter H number eight, okay? Because I can't say the word. You got it? Letter H number eight. Put that together. It's, hey, okay, I'm not going to say it. So, I have been, you know, expecting some news. I'm pursuing a couple opportunities, y'all. And perused and perused and found that one of the opportunities I was going for didn't pan out the way that I thought. And I instantly felt something inside. Um, Rhymes with had, but has the letter S in front, replacing the H. Okay, great. And I felt me kind of have like a, like it was almost like a breath close this whole thing up I'm finna grab the nearest blanket and I'm just going to yeah just park there for a little bit so automatically I'm thinking like I want pizza you know trying to think of something to kind of comfort me out with food or something to that effect and I felt a little bit of an inkling I felt a like real quick like why did you just respond to that so I have been responding to things like this whenever I feel something emotional the way to get me out of that quickly or quicker is logic so when I felt the emotion I was like "Mm, okay that didn't pan out the way that you thought uh but why are you upset and I was like because I really wanted that one and it was like no I get it but do you and I'm trying to you know text myself through it because I'm texting texting my husband too and I'm like you know what not my will his will be done and I was like listen keep it a hundred with yourself like I'm, I'm always gonna rep that and the thing of the matter was I was disappointed and so I, I drove home and I was like so what's wrong with being disappointed like do you feel like being disappointed is less of you know being a Christian because you're kind of like feeling some kind of thing. And I had to really break that down for myself. I said, feeling something does not make me less Christian. It makes me, it's a reminder that I'm human, right? I am very visual. So I visualize it as when you watch The Lion King, you are very aware, okay, that this is not based on a true story, Okay, that this is actually an animation. So this is very much not real. But yet, a lot of people said that at a certain scene, you know, when Simba's dad had to go ahead and be with the Lord, that they cried. And so if we are wired to feel something, even to the point of having an emotional, physical, tangible reaction to something that is not even real, I think that we should cut ourselves some slack and feeling something when something's actually real in real time and happening in our real lives. I think that we've put this kind of filter on Christianity where you're not supposed to feel anything. You're supposed to be like, if God be for me, who, who would be against me? And while that is all very much true, I don't think that God is deducting points in your book of life because you felt something or you responded to something with an emotional reaction. What I do believe is that God doesn't want you to stay there.
So if you watched The Lion King 10 years ago, and then I came across you now and was like, hey, there, you were like, yo, just right now, I just, I can't. It's like, what happened? Yo, I watched The Lion King, and, like, honestly, I ain't going to hold you. Like, I haven't been the same. It's like, oh, so even though that show is off, even though that was in the past, even though it was not directly something that impacted your life because it impacted your emotion, you changed your life, you changed you, so it changed your course of life. I think that's when God has something to say about that (laughs) because I actually experienced it in the Bible when Moses passed, okay? Uh, God had to tell them, my servant Moses is dead. Me shall come on with it. When Samuel was staying too much into the mourning lane, God had to tell him, okay, okay, you've mourned long enough. Let's go. There is a time that God is like, okay, so I have given you the time, understanding that you're human, but at the same time, you are working on a timed assignment, so I need you to keep moving. I don't want us to feel like, but if I react, or and when I say react, I'm not saying in a harsh, violent matter or anything else to that effect. Just having an emotional, oh man, you know. And if you, and if you felt that way for an hour, if you felt that way for thirty minutes, but not to stay there where it's like, show I I can't get over last week. Last week, I hate to be the soldier boy. Last week, is that what we doing? Like, no, you need to get up at this. I'm talking about now. And I felt myself after having the news and that stupid email that let me see that it wasn't blah, blah, blah. I felt myself kind of like going into, you know, like fetal position in my emotions. And I immediately was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, you're not. (laughs) So I came home, started sorting out things I needed to do, started cleaning up sorry I put the laundry in that I actually put a load in before I called you like real tall and I instantly heard the Holy Spirit say get up get up <laughs> yep get up and I was like and the more that I started sorting things out and cleaning stuff up and wiping stuff down and doing all the things putting stuff in order he was like now that's what I want you to do that's what I want you to do every time that something tries to attack you and your emotions and you know that God is working on your behalf I need you to get up every time that somebody says something to try to go ahead and burst the bubble or go ahead and put a cloud over your picnic I need you to get up sometimes it's tangible sometimes it's emotional but what I'm trying to go ahead and relay is that you cannot stay there there are some things in your life that people are not going to understand how come it impacted you like that way because you were really rooting on this but I, I'm here to let you know and I hate to be the old Baptist pastor but I'm here to let you know it works out one or two ways the way that you thought or the way that God planned but it works out I hate to give the spoiler alert can I give you the spoiler alert you win I promise you you win like the only reason why it was allowed to come through the corridor of your door is because God knew if this comes into their life I can still use that I can still make this testimony something that is, I'm talking about for the books. You understand? That if I allowed it, if God allowed it, then it can still be used. So I now I'm starting to look at it like, you know what? I want there to, I, I'm glad that there was a no. Because when I get this yes, 
I'll be able to tell people, man, listen, let me tell you what, okay? I'm talking about it was, it felt like fourth quarter, two minutes on the clock, we down by four. You understand? But 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 real talk, can I can we have a real talk moment? Aren't those the basketball games that have you standing on your feet like, yo, this is dope? Let me explain something to you. When my son, uh, plug him real quick, when his the season of 2020 to 2021, when his team was undefeated, 17 games straight, them boys won all of them. There were some games that these boys were literally up by 30. And when I tell you we stopped cheering after a while, we went to the concession stand real quick. I went to the bathroom a couple of times. Um, we was on Facebook. You, like, we weren't really engaged because, like, up by 30, I don't know why y'all keep fouling him. You know he can't, he going to get it in. Like, that's stupid. Why y'all can't? Uh-uh, see, no. Who, who, who's, who's his mother? Because what he's not going to do. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, we were not, it was not entertaining, Okay. Uh, low key, most of the time I was thinking like, bro, this this particular game was like an hour away. You let us do a two hour trip, round trip, just for y'all to embarrass these boys in their hometown. They had no home team advantage, okay? Uh, but real talk, like you, I could have, uh, you could have just went ahead and Facetime me. I could have watched this from home. I ain't gonna hold you. I did this after work. Like it's a lot. I'm tired. Low key, I'm trying to be the supportive parent. Yeah, that's my baby. But like this is boring. So I sat in those games, 30 up, 20 up. One, they beat these boys so bad. I think my, my son's team had like 76. I don't think them boys broke 30. I'm talking about who's the coach. And I'm talking about being embarrassed, sir. You, you understand? But those games that uh, we, we it, it was close. <laughs> and we had no more time to get any more fouls. <laughs> and it was looking like, oh, I'm talking about everybody was on their feet. You understand? I'm talking about the sweat molecules. Was I'm talking about being produced. Do you understand? I, 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 I'm telling you, it, it, it was something about watching. Oh, my gosh. Like, bro, we cannot. Like, we need this particular game to get into the playoffs, to get to the finals, to get to the. And let me tell you something. Their final game. The one that they got the championship, you want to know the score? 54 to 53. Mm -mm. Don't even, because if I scream, my throat's going to hurt and I can't. You don't know um, heart palpitation, okay? You don't know soily undershirt. Okay, you don't know screaming and hoping. You don't. You don't know. I'm talking about the prayers of the righteous. You listen. Hate to scream in your ear, but you listen. And I'm telling you, that was the excitement. That was worth it. Those were the games that we paid attention. Those were the games that everybody we knew who who had the free throw. We knew who who had the. You, we knew, we knew everything. I couldn't tell you who scored in, in the 76th. I don't know. I mean, I just don't. 
it, it wasn't appealing. We won, like, oh, okay. Like, dang, these boys didn't score nothing in that quarter? That's a – he better go in the lock. Call a timeout. Like, this is embarrassing. I need you to understand that that's the same thing for your life. <laughs> I, I I know that we want the um the 30 up, you know, 40 up kind of situation. I know that we want that, but I really need you to understand that that doesn't um that doesn't encourage and impress and get the reaction and listen, God is not trying to just do something one stone with one bird, okay? He's never been that kind of guy. The God that you serve is the God that if I do something with you it's going to it's going to go ahead and spark something in someone else that the reason why you went through that is so that they can go through what they're going through and that the fruit just keeps producing this one seed that was planted is going to blossom many fruit this one tree that was planted after the fruit is blossomed many people are going to be able to eat from this God is never going to plant one thing and one thing comes up and only one person gets that particular outcome that's not how God works so if you're going through it and you get past it it's for somebody else to get through it so they can help somebody we are all for the kingdom okay I need you to stop wanting to live this boring life I need you to understand that as much as it if probably feels better that God is not going to allow it to happen I need you to hear these words in your soul get up now get up now you cannot stay where someone tried to bury you the one thing that I love about Jacob's story, I'm sorry, Joseph's story from the pit to the palace is that he did not stay in the pit. As a matter of fact, everywhere that that he uh, was, I guess you want to say it's not really a come up, but that he was upgraded to, he never had plans to stay there because he knew he didn't belong there. But yet we have people come into our life and speak a thing in one relationship that echoes in our other relationships. We have one thing that our parents or somebody that we really respect to say in our lives. And so we change the way we do that particular thing in our lives. We, we have so many different trajectories because of what people may have said or have done. And what you don't understand is that you never shook that off of you. I need you to get up now is what I'm trying to say to you. Get up. You cannot stay there. I don't care what she said in that relationship one time. That is not the man you are now. That's the man that she perceived you to be at that time. That's not who you are now. I don't care what buddy said that nobody was going to want you, that you know he was going to do blah, 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 or he gave you trust issues. I need you to understand that the person that you were dating had a greed issue, okay? The person you were dating was not anointed or appointed to you by God. So the person that you were attracted to at that time, I need you to go ahead and not look at yourself like you were less than. Now look at yourself like you're off of your particular roadmap for when you're supposed to be married and having kids. I need you to understand that you were supposed to shake that, get that off of you, so that when you go into your next season, you, you don't trample in the mud on the shoe of your past into your new home. I know what they said about your education. I know what they said about, you know, your past and your name and your, all the different things. There are so many things that people can go ahead and do to keep repeating and duplicating pits in your life. And you will never get to the palace because you've been so comfortable letting people dig out what God's trying to get you out of. Do you understand that? Get up now.
You can't stay there emotionally no more. You can't stay there financially no more. You can't stay in those particular relationships no more. You can't, and it's not that everybody is bad. It's not that no one it, it, that you were with can go with you. It's not even that thing. That's a commonality that people have gone ahead and subscribed to and made trending, but that's not everyone's story. It just may be that you may be the weakest link. You ever thought about that? That you need to elevate the way that you think on a thing. Maybe you're the anchor in the relationship. Relationships. Maybe you're the anchor in the friendships. Maybe you didn't even aspire to be anything bigger than what you are because you are bigger than what you were. Like sometimes maybe you are fighting yourself to be bigger than what you were. And so some of these things need to be reminded and, sh and shook up in you so that you can be reminded to get up now. I know it was better than what you had, but it's not better than what God has. Do you understand that? I know it was better than what you see your circle doing. Nobody else is doing anything that that looks like it's phenomenal nobody else is living a wild life walking on water nobody else is doing anything but at some point you got to look at it like I can remain 12 or I can leave the 11 and do something that I've never seen before and I keep coming back to the courtness of do something different because I'm wise enough to know that you don't get something different by doing the same things that you've been doing you literally have to invest more and what you have so that you can start to yield more in what you had. Like, I'm starting to see that maybe you need to plant different. Maybe you need to pray different. Maybe you need to see different. Maybe you need to, and maybe sometimes it's not even action pack. You see things wrong. You have a skewed view of how people are, how men are, all men. You ever had the one chick that you see on Facebook that she's just, you like, she is, ma, who hurt you? Like, my gosh, all men don't cheat. All men are not blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You make yourself a target because you don't see what you post like. Yeah, you keep posting booty pics like, my, what you thought. And so you will watch someone <laughs> entertain their past without them even knowing that they're holding their future hostage. Get up now is the message that I am trying to go ahead and drive home. I read about Elijah in the Bible and I wanted to be the church mother. I wanted to I wanted to grit my teeth and pinch him 50% skin, 50% shirt, and tell him to grit it up now. You understand? Because what you're not going to do is be this wimp in the spirit when, when we all know how anointed you are. Elijah, the prophet that said it's not going to rain for three years, like all these, Elijah? No, sir, this, this can't be you. Bro, this you? <laughs> Turning my Bible to him. This you, sir? Yeah, this you right here? Stop playing with me, sir. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. I'm going to go ahead and read 1 Kings 19. You know I read in the NOT version, right? <laughs> I'm going to just read from, because I'm, I'm talking about the pressure. I can't. Should I just read from the first verse? Because I want to take you back, but not them. Okay, let, let's just read from the first verse. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. Pause. Because Elijah was in them streets. I'm talking about sandal to pavement. You understand? On the Lord's behalf, putting in that work. W-E-R-K. You have a nice day, too. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. 
May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you've killed them. Dope. Three, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Bathsheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Four, then he went alone into the wilderness traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Pause, Elijah. Out of all the powerful things you've done in your life, out of all the things that God has powerfully done through you and your life, you let the words of somebody else deter you to use the words to God to end your life. I loathe the amount of power we give other people's words. I would have even been half, half entertained. If Elijah was like, <laughs> come with it, bruh, the verse, the chapter beforehand, the reason why Jezebel's so upset is because Elijah killed, I'm talking thousands. Do you understand me talking to you? Uh, Baal prophets, not with his hands. I mean, the things that he, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and leave you a cliffhanger. You go read what Elijah did to the prophets of Baal. Bruh had all kind of, uh, I don't know if he had the pager number to God, but the way that he had the back uh, stage access to God, he was making things happen that it was like, bruh, how does it feel to be God's favorite? <laughs> truly and truly. So to have somebody else say, this is what I'm getting ready to do, I would have thought that Elijah seeing the power that and how powerfully that God was working through him. I would have thought he would have been like, ma'am, run up, <laughs> run up, get done up, Jesse. Run it up, get done it up, Jezebel. What you want to do? You ain't even do that. You got so afraid of this woman simply speaking a thing that you went ahead and told God, yeah, it's time to go ahead and take me out, big dog. Really? Hmm. Yeah, but I, I, I can't even look at that no kind of way because people do it all the time. That one relationship didn't work, so now you're done for the all relationships to come. Really? Yeah, that that one person did that one thing, so now you're just done on that career path at, all, all together. Really? Yeah, somebody, you had a bad situation, and you just decided, you know what, I'm just going to just leave this entire city, state, country. Like, really? Like, so people have that much power over you. That their one little cameo in the chapter of your life can make you rewrite your whole story? <sighs> I'm going to keep reading. Five. Then he lay down and slept under a broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. Six. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Seven. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. Eight. So he got up and ate and drank. And the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Nine. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Ten. Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. 11. 
Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Twelve. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. 13. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? 14. He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Pause. Let me explain something to you, sir. God didn't ask you the same thing twice because he didn't hear you. So for you to just copy and paste like it was a tech message was stu- Let me calm down. Was not smart, okay? He didn't, he didn't ask you because he has a hearing problem. He asked you because you were displaced. What are you doing here? What is a person so powerful, the person that I powerfully worked through, the person that just killed all these bail prophets, the person that was able to speak a thing and I co-signed it. You said, yo, matter of fact, it's not even going to rain for three years. And I was like, cool, it's not going to rain. You said, as a matter of fact, the sun's not going to move. And I was like, real quick, uh, son, stay still because my boy down there is working. He's working on my behalf and he says some things. So I got to go ahead and co-sign it. And so what is a person with that much power doing here? What is a person with that much anointing doing here? What is a person with that much access to God? You hear God. He works in your life. He works through you. What are you doing here? And the sad part is with him being asked that question twice, it didn't even dawn on him. Oh, maybe God's trying to, if he said it twice, he's trying to get my attention on something. No, buddy just copied and pasted. I have zealously, bro, we not, let's, can I, and you ain't even cut the paragraph down some. It's not like he was like, um, bro, I'm the only one left. Like get, get to the point of what you were trying to say. We don't need how you served him and what you, just be like, bro, they killing all your people and they trying to kill me next. Like, I, I would have respected you more if you would have just got to the last sentence, but you was like, oh, no, oh, oh, from the top? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I have jealousy. Like, that was, what is you? God has way more patience than, than we, <laughs> we deserve. I ain't going to hold you. But I feel like sometimes God asks that very same question with us. What are you doing here? What? are you doing here? You're not supposed to be in that relationship with buddy. I told you to leave him a long time ago. What are you doing here? Uh Uh-uh. Old girl's going to change the way that you see women forever. If you don't stop playing this game with her, what are you doing here? That job is going to keep you stagnant. They're never going to pay you your worth. They don't appreciate you. And as a matter of fact, you, you haven't had a creative idea or good work day in your heart or anything that's, that's produced creative juices in you because this place does not allow it. What are you doing here? How long are you going to stay in this particular apartment because you feel like you know what home ownership is scary or the fact that you just been here for so long or you haven't seen a good example of someone really taking the reins on their financial life or whatever the case may be to do something bold what are you doing here what are you doing in this doctor's office because they have to go ahead and run these tests because something is once again not feeling good or whatever the case may be so now you have to sit here and see what the doctor's currently going to say and it's cold in this room what are you doing here what are you doing here that you are so sad and everything in this bible is encouraging you every 
I have people around you. You can listen to anything. You can Google try to get some kind of encouragement. There is too much encouragement in this world for you to be discouraged at any given time. What are you doing here? And I feel like that is the question on the table. What are you doing here? Not how did you get here? Not who got you here? Not who dropped you off. What are you doing here? Because the moment that you realize, hold up, wait a minute, it's a 22, okay? And you realize, wait, I'm I'm sorry, I'm displaced. It's the moment that you're supposed to get up, that you're supposed to dust off your feet, that you're supposed to go ahead and say, woo, button up your shirt straight, put on your blazer, and let's go. Get out of this particular environment. Get out of this particular mindset. Get out of this particular funk. This is not supposed to be your coordinates. You know that. We know that. Stop putting an excuse to uh, to being displaced. What are you doing here, Elijah? Oh, I served you and blah, blah. Mm-mm. Bro, I didn't say how did you get here. I said, what are you doing here? What are y'all doing? <laughs> It's what I heard um, my, my aunts or whoever's house I stayed at when my cousins and I wasn't doing something we supposed to be doing. What are y'all doing? <laughs> you understand? Because what that, what that illustrated was, oh, you, I recognize that you are doing something or you're located somewhere where you are not supposed to be. But instead of telling you that, I'm going to ask you a prompting question. What are you doing here? And maybe in the question, you will go ahead and say, you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tripping. Uh, I ain't going to hold you. I got curious and, you know, kind of like, and, and put something together. But the fact that he asked Elijah that one time and Buddy gave the whole kingdom scroll answer. And he was like, all right, c- come out closer to the cave, bruh. Let me go ahead and put some razzle-dazzle on it, okay? Maybe i put a little razzle-dazzle on it and put a little whispered in, a little hurricane and got the rocks. And I ask you again, what are you doing here, Elijah? Maybe that will get your attention. But let me explain something to you. If God talking to you <laughs> doesn't do it, if God shifting some things around you doesn't do it, then I hate to say it, I think we're way more uh like Elijah than we probably want to go ahead and give mention to you see the things around you falling out of place like things are not when God preserves something it stays together it's intact it has fruit there are there is a litmus test to when God's hand is on something. When God's hand is no longer on something, yeah, those things start to wither, start to um, get dysfunctional. Uh, that means that, oh, we got to either add more God to it or locate where God is at because he's not here, so I'm not supposed to be here. Wait a minute. Yeah, and maybe that's what God was trying to say to Elijah. What are you doing here? Because I, I had to come find you. I'm not, I wasn't here. Yeah, yeah. you came and ran and had this woman go ahead with her words and put you on a path that I never sent you on. I had to come behind you like, bro, what you, what are you, why are you you back there? What what are you doing here? Come out of that now. Get up now. Get out of that 
now. Like, get that in your spirit. Get up. Get out. Get up. Get out. I don't know how you need to hear it. I don't know how God needs to say it to you. I don't know what needs to happen around you because even the rocks being torn, Elijah didn't get the epiphany. So maybe you can start to see the shift with you being uncomfortable, with the things around you not staying intact. Maybe God's trying to get your attention. So what are you doing here? But more importantly, what you going to do about it? Sadly enough, I seen that after God couldn't get Elijah's attention, it was like, you know what, I ain't, I'm, I'm not even going to hold you. I need you to go ahead and um, go anoint somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because uh, now Elijah <laughs> had to anoint Elisha. Because I think at that very moment, God knew he couldn't do nothing else with Elijah. Bro, if I can't, if I can't get you out of what you put yourself in, then I can't use you. Like, it, it's it's one thing to try to like, mm, okay. But God should be able to shake off of you the thing that you put on you. Yeah, that, that, that kind of is resonating with me too. I'm not going to hold you. We put ourselves in these bad relationships. We make, we make these decisions. Don't ask God in the, in the forefront. But when it starts to hurt, we come to him with a broken heart. And then now God can't even shake you away from buddy. God can't get you to go ahead and distance yourself from little mama. God can't have you go ahead and remove yourself or put some distance between you and your A1, day ones, okay, great, like the steak sauce. God can't do that. But you brought yourself to that. Yeah, that's that that should be um a number one red flag scary. Yeah, I don't I don't wanna whoo, I don't ever wanna be that far into a cave someone else sent me to that even when God tries to get me out of it, he can't shake it off of me. Uh that's scary. Okay. Um, all kinds of scary. And I need everybody to be clear. I don't care what it takes, therapy, self-reflection, you need a sabbatical, whatever it is, at least know the coordinates to get you off of you. Get the coordinates of getting people off of you. Because Jezebel spoke a word, didn't even speak it to him. He heard it through the grapevine, and the word covered him. <laughs> Her words covered him more than God's words can, can compete with. Yeah, that's a um mm-mm. my challenge to you real quick is to identify the things, the thing, the person, the word that may have the power to bring you somewhere or divert you off of God's purpose, purpose path for your life. And I need you to go ahead and ask God, um, how do I get this off of me? Because I've been struggling with this for a little bit now, and it's obvious to me that, um, <laughs> yeah, you you have asked me, and, and I can recall you asking me in ways that I remember, what am I doing here? And put your name. Like, I need you to literally hear God say that. What are you doing here? And say your name. Maybe that will shake you, seeing that Elijah couldn't even shake Jezebel off. I need you to shake off whatever it is that God's looking at down at you at like, what are you doing here? And make the commitment 
that even if you don't feel you have strength enough to do it, that you will lean on the Holy Spirit and say, I may not have the strength, but I know that you'll carry me out of this if I'm willing to. That's why the Bible says to give God your yes and your amen. Because if you go ahead and do that, you gave him the access to work through you. You just got to walk. He got he to gotta direct the path. So who has the harder job? Do <laughs> you understand? Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? At the end of this, I truly just want you to feel echoed in your spirit. I can't stay here. I can't stay here. Just a peaceful whisper in your heart. I can't stay here. God has tried to get my attention long enough. I can't stay here. There's no growth here. I can't stay here. I'm feeling like God is confirming I wasn't supposed to be here when I first started this. So you know what? God, I don't know when it changed. I don't know when the courtness may have gotten twisted, but you have my attention now. I don't want to stay here. You no longer have to ask me, what am I doing here? You don't have to come find me. I'm going to go back to the courtness when I knew <laughs> where you were <laughs> and where where my path aligned with your hand that means that it's anointed so when I start to walk on the path that you anointed then I know that I'm back on the right path Holy Spirit get me there get me there seriously like like I need you to get me there because we are no longer going to live the lives that God has to uh come and find you and ask you what are you doing here there's no prosperity there and we're, we're not living that kind of life, period. No more punctuation after that needed. That's all that's it. Do you understand that? Okay, well, listen, uh, I feel like you got what you needed. Uh-huh. No, I do. Uh, you know what these conversations are, right? Good. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you, but who? Your favorite homegirl? Yeah, I mean... I didn't really tell you my tea, but I do be brewing some stuff and I do give you a little bit of honey, lemon, and I let you mix it by yourself. I give you as much honey as you want. So I am your favorite homegirl, okay? But listen, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. That load of laundry that I said that I put in, I need to go check on it. Mm -hmm. I do. And uh, we'll speak again. Promise, because I know your phone number. Not a stalker, <laughs> but I know how to dial it, okay? Uh, I'll talk to you later. Okay, later.